This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well. But if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro Podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And we are very excited to be talking about this game, finally. Oh, you have no idea. Uh, We are planning on talking about Earthbound today. Also known as Mother 2 in Japan. Mother 2 in Japan, yep. Now this game... If you know either one of us, you know how much this game means to the both of us. It, it it's it's an incredibly important game in general, but yep. even just personally to us, it means so much. Yeah, and we can't wait to tell you all about it. But first, I have a list here of the top 100 sports games <laughs> that we need to go over in depth for episodes. Are you ready? <laughs> They're so culturally relevant. Number one, Blades of Steel. Uh, number two is uh, Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. See so the hockey games are going to win. Uh, no, we just wanted to. <laughs> the first time Craig was ever appeared on had ever appeared on the Legend of Retro podcast, it was to talk about Earthbound, and we got completely sidetracked for a good five hours and just went over that RPG list. Yep. Uh, so we wanted to give you all a, a a pretty decent break from RPGs, which is really hard for us to do. Yeah. Um, and we decided time has come. We need to talk about Earthbound. It's yeah. It, it it we couldn't wait any longer. Yeah. So, um, Earthbound, if I remember correctly, and I'm gonna go off memory here. Okay. Was released in June. Uh huh. Of 1995. Can you guess the day though of the month? I want to say it was June 30th, but I feel like that's not correct. I feel like it's earlier in this in the year. It June. Mm, June 5th? Exactly. June 5th of 
1995. And I didn't get it right away. I got it July 30th of 1995, which was my birthday that year. Right. And our buddy... Uh, Is Matt- it not your birthday other years? Fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, it's never. It's it's a rotating birthday. Oh, uh, no, it's that's just me being an idiot. Um, it's not like Easter where it falls on different. You know, depends on the moon phase. Right. Yeah. Our uh, our friend uh, Matt Florkowski was another you know very good friend of mine at the time. Oh yeah. Um, and he got it before I did, and it was the worst <laughs> because I wanted this game so bad. Oh. And I remember I was playing, and we get we'll dive into this a little bit later. But when I was on the phone with him, because yeah. that's what you did back in, at least that's what I did. Oh, I, yeah. I called friends and we just played video games over the phone. Like it would have just been an internet chat room nowadays. Like mm-hmm. hop on Discord, man. Let's just talk while we, let's have an Xbox party or, you know, whatever. Yep. And while you're playing completely different games or sometimes the same game, you just talk and like there's constant moments of silence where it's like, what are you doing in the game now? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I was finishing a battle, like wasn't paying attention to you. And it was probably horrendous on our phone bills, but... I remember playing that game with him as he was finishing the game, and I was so excited by what was happening on his end that I stopped playing my game, and I was like, yeah, you do it, you do it, like, I'm so pumped for you. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this this game just has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Not to say I can't remember the first 10 years of my life, but I just, I remember seeing the ad in Nintendo Power, mm-hmm. um, or they it was like a, I've, I've got... I got an Nintendo Power magazine before I went on the Toronto trip for my fifth grade class. Oh, okay. And in the middle, they did a spread on Earthbound just talking about this game's coming out and look at how quirky and weird this is. It's like, wow, this looks really dumb. I want to play it. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, as soon as I see this game, I have to have it. And I was in uh, in Kohl's at the Westland Mall. Oh, okay. Local mall for us. And I remember seeing they had it in their, their case. Like they had like three or four copies and I would always grab them. I was like, that's it. That's the game I want. I need to have it. I would just like <laughs> stare at it like a creep through the glass. And then when I finally got, uh, when it came to my birthday, that one year when it was happened to be on July 30th, yeah, um, my mom got me a bag, like a plastic baggie uh-huh. with a green bow around it with dirt inside. And uh-huh. she wrote a handwritten note on the on the bag, bound earth. <laughs> Your mom's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was that was her first thing. And I was like, "That's not." She's like, "I thought you wanted bounded up Earth." That's that, that's what you kept saying. And eventually, I don't know I got the game. But that's great. Yeah. So that was always a, a fun. She still brings that up to this day. Is like one of her favorite uh, favorite jokes she's ever pulled on me. But uh, <laughs> no, how, it's solid. How about you? What was your first introduction to Earthbound? My first introduction to Earthbound was not nearly as exciting when it like because I I didn't really know a lot about the game. I just saw it in a video store. And it was like a bigger box. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, oh, that's really weird. And when I asked the my mom about it, you know, and we were going to rent it, the guy's like, oh, do you want to rent the guide with it? It's more, but, you know, you can rent this guide with it. And my mom like, looks at me. I'm like, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I was like, that's that great. Why would we not do this? And she's like, ah, and shelled out the extra however many bucks, you know, which I'm sure she wasn't thrilled about. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember it was that was actually my first RPG was Earthbound. Really? Yeah, it was my first RPG. I didn't really get into them until like late elementary school, early middle school otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, my first real total, you know, uh, uh, RPG, not counting, you know, like, you know, pseudo RPGs. Yeah. You know, action adventure RPGs like Secret of Mana and yeah. stuff like that. But, uh, but no, so I, you know, had rented it 
And it really blew my mind. I, you know, there, there was like talking and the battles were all done, you know, you know, on a, it's a separate screen. It really yeah. threw me off and I rented it quite a bit. And it was funny because for a long time when I would rent it, nobody else was really playing it that much. Yeah. So I was the only person with this record of Craig on there. And I always knew it was mine. Nobody else was playing, right. you know, the Craig record. And so I was perpetually renting it for a while. And uh, eventually, I ended up getting it from a family member as a gift for, I believe, my birthday. And uh, but it wasn't until you know a few years later after it come out. It was uh, around the time it was being discounted, like super low at yeah. like Best Buy and stuff. You know, back then uh, the game didn't sell very well, and so people like stores were just trying to get rid of it. They yeah. had so so much stock on hand. Yeah, like we. I, we maybe said a little bit about it, but it was released in a larger box than any other any other video game at the time. <laughs> maybe ever. Uh, because it did come with a full-size, like, magazine-sized... Uh, strategy guide. Strategy guide, yes. Player's uh, guide, was yeah. at a loss for words for a second. Um, so not only was it just awkward in the, the thing, but it took up a lot of space. It was also more expensive, too, yes. because of that guy, yeah. which is probably one of the reasons it didn't sell very well. Right. Well, that and Nintendo's ad campaign of, this game stinks, with scratch and sniff ads. You know, I, I a lot of people give Nintendo a lot of crap about their their ad campaign and yeah i i do think that you know that probably didn't win it any awards but in that time frame you know things like ren and stimpy was popular so yeah. so honestly gross out kind of humor i i think was what they were shooting for yeah. i don't know if it worked very well but yeah. I, I think that's what they were going for and i don't begrudge them for that i think no they, i think it know, was it was very clever like mm-hmm. scratch and sniff ads in a magazine was cool there were scratch and sniff cards in the back of the uh the strategy guide mm-hmm. like it all made sense but i think you know, you it it's a lot to say that people who are just randomly looking through the magazine, like uh, Earthbound, huh? Oh, big bold letters right here. This game stinks. Well, I guess I'm not gonna try it. Not realizing that it was a joke, right. thinking it was like an actual like, you know, you put the tag on your movie poster of like this two thumbs up. You know, this is a great yeah. movie. Somebody probably just actually thought it was a, a review and was like, oh, well, why would I do this? No, that could very well be. I, I have no idea for sure. I and I don't think we'll ever really know. Yeah. You know, I but th- at the end of the day, Earthbound came out. Mm-hmm. It didn't sell especially well. And for a while there, it was kind of forgotten. Yep. You know, well, it's it's weird to think that it had been forgotten for me as someone who. Right. Yeah. And you like that's this is this game is a part of who we are. It, it absolutely is. Like it's, more so than any other video game. Mm-hmm. Like I still struggle to this day when people are like, what's your favorite game of all time? It's like, I don't know. Is it Earthbound or is it Mega Man? Like because I love me some Mega Man and I, I know it like the back of my hand. Yeah. But man, Earthbound is that first game that I was like, this is this is for me. This is 100 mm-hmm. percent like I love every part of this game. I had that strategy get like. My copy of the game would be worth so much more if I didn't have that strategy guide in my backpack every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, In fact, uh, for our uh, uh, listeners, Xander and I, we didn't first meet with Earthbound, but yep. we became friends over Earthbound. Yep. In, uh, was it Miss Herford's yep. English class? Yep. Yeah. We both sat in the back corner because we were nerds, and, didn't hit, and that's where we just sat. Yep. And then I don't even remember what got it started, but... It, it just quickly turned into like, oh, I play video games too. What do you play? Blah, blah, blah. What's your favorite? And then one of us said Earthbound and the other one was like, oh, you know this game? <laughs> right? It, 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 and it was, you have to understand, back then, the internet wasn't very big. Yeah. We didn't know that there was this like devoted fan base yeah. out there. You know, it was, it, it just 
we didn't have any idea really. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of crazy to find somebody at random yeah. who knew who not this only, game. Who not only knew what the game was, but knew it as well as I did. Right. And and that's something else to be excited about is, is you know, because, you know, it's one thing for somebody to be like, oh, yeah, Earthbound, you know, it's uh, Ness is in it, uh, the guy from Smash Brothers. Yeah. You know, you, you get that a fair amount, especially from people that are maybe not pretentious but you know the 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 video gamers out there who are like oh i know everything but they only know a smattering yeah now which is fine but you know it's just it's really exciting to to have met someone at random essentially Mm -hmm. who knew the game as well as i did yep um yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to even know where to begin with this game um what are what are some of your favorite parts of this game? Like some of the some of the very unique things. Like what draws Earthbound to you as young Craig? Aside from the fact that the box was big. Honestly, for me, for young Craig, I you know when I first started get, like getting into RPGs, not even mm-hmm. just you know when I first played Earthbound, but when I first started getting into RPGs, I got Earthbound, and. I you know I ate it up. It was the a classic RPG formula. You know it's. It's just a, a, you know, a very standard battle form. I mean, basically, it's just ripping off Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. It's honestly what it is. It's just, you know, you have options to fight, use, not magic in this case, psionic powers, and, you know, defend, etc. But, you know, it's it's very tactical. And so at that time, I was just eating up any RPG I could get my hands on anyway. But the game was really funny. You know, it's really clever. And I think, honestly, one of the biggest things for me was just the music. The music was really, you yeah. know, it's incredibly varied. And I, you know, I think in a little bit we'll chat more about the music and go yeah. way more in depth. But, yeah, I, I think for me that was what really drew me in is the humor kind of what really caught you the in the game. The humor is what really grabbed me. There's some of the the, the jokes. I, I don't remember what the jokes were in, in the, the the Nintendo Power article. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing, like, oh, these are these are goofy things. Or this seems, like, kind of fun. And I didn't care about graphics. I was young. It didn't matter to me. Like, yeah. I mean, at the same time, Final Fantasy VI had been out for, like, a year at this point, And Final Fantasy VI, to me, is arguably the pinnacle of what the final, or Super Nintendo was able to do. And then to go from Final Fantasy VI with these incredibly these incredibly detailed sprites that even today I'm looking at in a new light, like oh that's what that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Earthbound is super simple. Oh, incredibly simple. It's I mean, and and it's funny because you know in Final Fantasy VI when you're on the overworld or or in a town, you know your sprites all look good, but you know they're they're just sprites, no big deal. When you mm-hmm. get into battle, they all look really detailed. Yeah, Earthbound's kind of the same way. You know, you don't see your own party in Earthbound, but right. you see the enemies. And they don't look that good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the, the, the enemies that you find on the screen, um, and we should probably go back and explain how the game works a little bit more, but anyway, um, sometimes when you're on the world map or the town map or whatever you want to call it, just walking around, yeah. interacting with the world, you see these little diamonds flying around and you you get hit and then it's a robot. it goes right into a battle. And yeah, it's a robot or it's a, you know, who knows what else like kind of weird thing it is. Yeah. Um, so Earthbound works... And we'll, yeah, we'll dive back into to that to explain this. Sure. So Earthbound, um, unlike other RPGs at the time where there were random encounters, um, you had your characters on the screen walking through the towns or the cities or the sewers or wherever it was, and there would be these extra little sprites that would wander around. It looked like they were like speeding, like flying around. Didn't look, and depending on the the creature, it would move faster or slower. But when you walked into them, the screen would freeze and it would spiral out three different colors. It would either get blue. Or like a grayish or green gray. Yeah, blue bluish gray, a green mm-hmm. or a red. 
Yeah. Uh, bluish gray meant that you it was just a normal encounter. Nothing happened. You're, based on your stats, you would go first or the enemy would go first. Yep. Uh, green meant you got a surprise on it. You, you were able to sneak up on it, and then you, you got first attack, yep. and then everything kind of carried on as normal. Red means that it, you couldn't get away from it, and it and it attacked you, and it got it got that noise round. still gives me a panic attack. <laughs> Every time I hear that noise when I play that game, I just like clench up, and I'm like, oh god, no. Yeah. Um, and then it just goes into a a very Dragon Quest esque screen. It's all black except for one bar in the middle with this crazy trippy out like acid flash <laughs> of like colors yeah. and different shapes and stuff. And you see the enemies, and you have boxes at the bottom, which turns some people off. Like, I've talked to people who are like, oh, I can't get behind Earthbound because I, I hate not being able to see my character or anything like that. But it's it's simple. It works. It's yeah, it's and I mean, that's how those old RPGs worked. You yeah. know, back, yeah, you know, cr- things like Chrono Trigger, you know, you, you see your party, and they move around the battlefield. FF6, you know, you see them all lined up there, and you mm-hmm. even see them swinging weapons and whatnot. Yeah. But with like those old Dragon Quest style games, and you know, and a lot of RPGs were really modeled after that Dragon Quest. Yeah, because Dragon Quest was so popular, huge. And I mean, it's not very big in America, but like, I mean, heck, uh, more recently, the newest Dragon Quest came out, and they've already sold three million copies Mm -hmm. throughout two different systems. You know, it's crazy. You know, it's just always been super popular since it came out in Japan. And so, you know, uh, Shigesato Itoi, who made the mother series made earthbound Mm -hmm. he just pretty much ripped it you know and i but yeah it's uh uh the combat's really interesting for another reason because you have like the rolling hit point meter yes so So most other mm -hmm. games like final fantasy at the time you would take a set amount of damage you would flash above your character's head and you'd look down at your your hit points and you'd see you were at x amount of hit points out of x amount of hit points and you would lose that and it was just an instant deal with Earthbound, you had your max hit points. You never really, unless you were outside of combat, you weren't entirely sure what your max hit point count was. Um, but if you got hit, instead of that just instantly going down, it was like a slot machine. It was just like constantly counting down. Yeah. And you had a chance to do something about it. Uh huh. Which was really cool. There is a lot of times when somebody will bite the dust and I'm scrambling to drop a heal. And sometimes I can. Sometimes I, I save someone at like one hit point left and I'm like, oh, oh, thank God. And then other times I don't. You yeah. know, other times my heal is wasted and, you know, it didn't amount to anything. Yeah. Know? But so, it, it added a, a, a whole new form of panic. Like, I, I got to tap A as fast as I can. I don't uh-huh. care what this enemy's saying. Like, I got to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I got to save this character because otherwise, you know, there weren't very unlike most other rpgs there weren't very many revival items no it's it's a fairly difficult game honestly you know i mean it's not i mean it's not super hard you know i don't want to make it sound like this is the toughest rpg ever by any stretch but it's not comparatively at the time it was a little bit more of a challenge oh yeah i think so you know things like uh uh, final fantasy you know the whole final fantasy series really you know you get like 99 phoenix downs by the time you're in the third dungeon you know whatever oh edgar died no big deal. Just throw some feathers at him. Yeah. But Earthbound? I mean... If your healer died, it's like, well, crap. <laughs> oh, no. I got to backtrack. I got to go back to the town. I got to go to the hospital. I have to resuscitate them. And then I have to make my way all the way back to where I was. It's great you bring up hospital. Because Earthbound, for those who aren't very familiar with it, is a video game that isn't set in like a medieval fantasy world no, like every other RPG. It's, it's set in modern times or, well, the 90s, I guess. No, one uh, 1990x. Yes, ni- the 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 very specific year of 1990x. And yeah, you you don't go to churches to heal your friends or whatever. You or you know you you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of a tavern or or whatever or, or an inn, it's a hotel. You know, yep. 
And uh, instead of going to like weapon stores, you go to drug stores and like, you know, like random or grocery stores. Yeah, or the mall, you know. Like you're not fighting with swords. Like Ness, his main weapon is a baseball bat. Yep, baseball bat. You can give him yo-yos if you don't mind the risk of or slingshots. Missing. Yeah, slingshots. The girl character, of course, has to fight with a frying pan because it is the 90s. <laughs> well, and yeah. we're misogynist as all get out. A little, but she's pretty cool. Yeah. She's, you know. No, she's still great. Yeah, she's still really cool. I uh, What is it? It's just frying pans. Doesn't she have another type of item that she can get? Or is it always frying pans? I think she can also equip the slingshots okay. and stuff, if I'm not mistaken. And then Jeff, the nerd who has blasters, like makes his own guns. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Pooh, who can't equip any weapons. <laughs> nope. Because he's a martial artist. <laughs> yep. Uh, and you eventually have one shot to get one sword that he equips, and it's like, crazy damage yep oh yeah it's a it's a nice boost uh i uh, another thing i think is kind of interesting about the game is they they really tried to project a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. you know so like the the most of the game seems to take place in a in an area that's like america right you know eagleton eagleton yes and i uh, you know you you get a friend who's from winters which is another country eagleland eagle eagle eagleland eagle yes yeah because i remember always thinking oh it's like england yeah not eagleton eagleland yeah. e- eagleland yes and uh, but uh, your friend Pooh, who's from the east, Dalam, yes, the country of Dalam, uh, his your your customs are weird to him. When you yeah. try to give him like cheeseburgers, it doesn't restore his health. Yeah, no, he needs brain food lunch. Yeah, and, brain- and bottles of water. <laughs> he also has like some rice dishes yeah. and stuff. So it's it's a really interesting, weird quirk of the game where you know. Your your final friend who joins you is is you know it seems so eccentric. Yeah, you know it's it's an interesting touch, and I I they don't do it in such a way that it's completely obnoxious. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like oh my god, I can't do anything because you know you know you can still heal him with your own psychic techniques yeah. and stuff. Which oh, and that's another twist on the the formula is instead yeah. of magic, it's psychic, psionics. You know, you're you're a psychic little boy. Mm-hmm. Now I. I do want to, uh, before we go more in depth in, into the game, just a real quick highlight of the plot, you know, without spoilers. Yeah. So Ness wakes up one morning or one evening. And, oh, and we should also say there are um, several default names for each character. Yeah. We yeah. will be referring to the characters as their initial default names. Mm-hmm. So like Ness has like Ness, Alec, Roger, Roger, like there's like seven or eight different names for each character. Yeah. And you just pick the top. So we have Ness, who's your main character, Paula, who's the main female character, Jeff, who's the uh, the nerd boy character, and believe it or not, Pooh is his actual name, P O O, for the your far eastern friend. Yep. Uh, the dog's name is King. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite food is steak, and your except favorite- for me, it's always pizza. <laughs> then your uh, your dog's name is King in the game. Yep. And your favorite thing was um, oh, rocking. Is rocking. <laughs> Which is uh, uh, kind of neat. It's uh, what determines what one of your techniques are named yeah. after, you know, which is kind of a cool little thing. Yeah. So we'll we'll try to stick to the defaults. We'll yeah, we'll share yeah. what we've what we've always changed. But uh, uh, so anyway, Ness. So Ness, uh, you know, wakes up one night. Uh, a meteor crashes in his neighborhood, like in the hills behind his home. And so you go to investigate, and some crazy things happen. And you end up Ness ends up getting involved with a a quest to defeat an alien which is supposedly just beyond all imaginings of power mm-hmm. and you have to defeat him in this time period because the time period this person tells you about uh, everything's lost everything's gone yeah the world's already destroyed so you know Ness begins this quest to to you know essentially visit all these sanctuaries on the planet gain their power and then have the power to fight Gygus, the yep. universal cosmic destroyer. And the world is already starting to see some of the effects. People are starting to act a little bit weird. You've got 
animals are going animals crazy. are starting to attack people so mm-hmm. you're slowly seeing the influence of, of Gygus on this world yeah it's it's a really you know I think at the time I didn't think anything of it but when you really look at the story it's nice that they you know they sort of like ease you into it like mm-hmm. you know because you 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 know in the first few minutes of the game you've already seen you know there's like snakes attacking you yep. and crows and stuff which is snakes crows and dogs snake cr- snakes crows and runaway dogs mm-hmm. and I uh, uh, yeah it's 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 a, a nice you know way to just sort of ease you into the game and aside from that without us you know talking about it later at a later time you know it's that's about what we're gonna give you it's yeah. it's a great game and we absolutely you go you go to the meteor you meet a a, a, a fly named buzz buzz who tells you you know about the future and says there's a prophecy of a of uh three boys and a girl who go on this quest yep and so you kind of go from there like, oh, you know, you're going to meet up with these other people. You've got two other friends who are with you at the beginning, Pokey and Picky, who are your neighbors. Um, and then the story kind of goes from there. Like Pokey's like, he said uh, two, three boys and a girl. You don't think I'm one of them because this isn't really my scene. <laughs> um, and, uh. and then the characters all kind of unfold from there. And if you listen to previous episodes, you know that Pokey turns out to be a bad guy. Yeah. And you, that's, and that's you know. not really, I mean... We could say spoilers, but literally by the second town, you kind of realize something's up with Pokey. Yeah, you know, we're not going to give you too many details because I don't want to spoil anything necessarily. Yeah. We, but I yeah. mean, we've, it's hard not to talk about this game uh, without kind of giving away something. So we'll give we'll give you a heads up on minor spoiler stuff that won't make a big deal mm-hmm. if you know as you're playing through. Um, but if we come up to something that we feel will uh, hinder your experience of playing this game for the first time, we'll give you a heads up and, oh, absolutely. and let you know from there. But we will also do, it's important to know this is is this is Earthbound Part 1. Uh, presumably there will, well, definitely there will be a Part 2. Oh, yeah. Presumably there could be Part 19. <laughs> we could um, honestly probably talk about it that long. Uh, so I do want to touch base about the creator of the game. Yes, Shigesato Itoi. Shigesato Itoi. So Itoi is a, a really interesting guy. He's he's essentially a celebrity in Japan, which is how he got to make a game. Mm-hmm. He's a copywriter. He's a writer. Uh, he created ads and taglines for uh, Nintendo and Ghibli films. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he was the the voice in the Japanese version, of course, of My Neighbor Totoro. Yep. And apparently, a lot of people gave. Uh, he, he was the voice voice of Totoro. No, he was the voice of the father. Of the father. Okay, because you said you said he was the voice of my neighbor Totoro, like the entire movie. <laughs> he was every voice, <laughs> little girls, the Totoros. Uh, no, so uh, apparently Miyazaki caught a little bit of flack for that, though. Sorry, uh, technical issues for a second there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Miyazaki caught some flack for that. Apparently, a lot of people were like, oh, you're just grabbing this like guy who's kind of a celebrity to you know throw him into the movie, of course. And Miyazaki was like, listen, the father in My Neighbor Totoro is a writer. I needed to find a writer to do this voice. It, mm-hmm. it's, it had to be him. And so, yeah, apparently uh, he's he's the, the father in My Neighbor Totoro. But uh, I, apparently he, he – came up with his weird idea for a video game, which turned out to be Mother One, mm-hmm. Earthbound Beginnings. Yep, which uh, until recently was never saw the light of day here. Yeah, it, it wasn't, in, it was like pretty much completed, yep. and then Nintendo realized the Super Nintendo was on the way, they weren't going to make any money on Earthbound Zero, yeah. Earthbound Beginnings, yep. and so they shelved it. They didn't bother. Yeah, we'll dive more into that, because our, our retro relapse, spoiler alert, <laughs> is Mother. Yes, yes, it sure so. is. Uh, but so anyway, uh, eventually... You know, Itoi went on to work on, you know, Mother 2. You know, mm-hmm. Mother 1 was successful enough. And uh, so 
there's a lot of like weird, interesting things about him. Uh, one of the things I thought was kind of cool was apparently when he wrote all the dialogue for the game, like apparently all of it, he would he didn't he wasn't very good with computers, so he would just stand behind somebody who was doing the writing in the game for him, and he would just say what he wanted each character to say, and they'd type it out character by character, and then he'd have them repeat it, and they'd say it back, and depending apparently on their reaction, he could have changed it. Like you know, so there was a lot of dialogue when he first made the game. That was changed because of the fact that, you know, maybe if someone wrote it, he'd wait and they wouldn't smile. They wouldn't chuckle or anything. And he'd be mm-hmm. like, no, 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 delete it. And they would just redo it. They would basically just keep hammering it out yeah. until they, you know, had gotten it right. Uh, and then otherwise, uh, another kind of weird thing is Itoi was uh, inspired by a lot of different things. Like uh, apparently the the game series is called Mother after the John Lennon song. Uh, but uh, the Mr. Saturns in the video game, in Mother 2 specifically, are this weird little race of aliens that look kind of odd. They're like yeah. all nose. They almost look like a head with a giant nose and legs. Mm-hmm. With a little tiny, like, uh, cute rib bow on top of their heads. Yep. And, uh, but uh, he was in, uh, really inspired by Kurt Vonnegut. And so he based the, the Mr. Saturns on the Tralfamagordi, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tralfamadorians. Uh, Do- uh, okay. Uh, have you uh, read a lot of Kurt Vonnegut's work? I don't think I've read any of it. Oh, uh, he's a great writer. Uh, we're not going to dwell too much on Kurt Vonnegut, but uh, basically this uh, little tiny race of aliens in Kurt Vonnegut's novels are like ultra intelligent. They're really wise. And uh, uh, if you ever get the chance to read Slaughterhouse-Five, which is... A wonderful book, but uh, it uh, involves those aliens. Okay, and uh, in there, you can definitely see the Mister Saturn resemblance between them. You know, mm-hmm. when you read the book, I think. Okay, yeah. Um. So, what else about uh, Shigesato Itoi? I mean, he's a celebrity, you know, sort of over there, and it's actually uh, it's kind of a surprise to see all the stuff that he's done. Like growing up, not really knowing mm-hmm. all of that, and just seeing him like randomly on like Japanese game shows. And like, yeah, he. Uh, I if anyone uh, was a fan of Iron Chef, the original like run when they would just bring him over and dub him, you know, when they uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. he was uh, a guest judge a few times. Yeah. So Itoi was on Iron Chef. You know, yeah, it, it's it's really kind of weird because I, I feel like a lot of celebrity games, quote unquote. Yeah. Like they, we have Hollywood squares and well, all those kind of things. Well, I was even just referring to video games oh, that gotcha. involve celebrities. You know, I, I feel like a lot of them just fizzle. They're, they're just the name of a celebrity slapped on, yeah. you know? And you know, I mean, you know, you have like Mike Tyson's punch out, you know? So, so, you know, it's not like they're all bad. Yeah, there are outliers, but you know, you have like a, have you ever heard of uh, like Kitano's quest? It's like a ridiculously difficult Nintendo game only in Japan. Oh, yeah. No, I have heard of that. It's like ultra, ultra specific in how you play the game. And apparently this game was just made by this dude. He didn't even like video games. He was just a jerk. He made this really (laughs) hard video game just because he wanted to mess with people. And that was it. And so, like, it's really kind of refreshing that Itoi came on and actually did great. Like, he all three of his games are wonderful, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that 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 kind of situation worked out and you know this this celebrity was able to get that knocked out yeah um so jumping back into like the game because i know the unfortunate thing in this world is that there are so many people who have heard of earthbound but have never played it yeah and the game's been out now for 22 years (laughs) yeah yeah it's been a bit um and people still haven't gotten around to it. It's made available on the Nint- the new Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. So if you have the new Nintendo 3DS, I say new with finger quotes because 
you know, that's what literally what it's called. Yeah, it you, is. you have the ability to download and play the game for what? Eight, eight bucks. Eight, yeah. Eight or eight bucks. I think eight, nine, 10 bucks like tops. Yeah. No more uh, than 10. It's on the Wii U. Yep. The it's virtual going, console. It'll be on the upcoming uh, SNES classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sure will. Um, which I kind of want one just because Earthbound's on it. Oh, I'm getting it because Earthbound's on it. Yeah. Like, I, I own most of those games anyway, but yeah, I need it. Yeah. Anytime, like anytime there's any sort of Earthbound, um, memorabilia made available in the states it's you have to have it because they're never in the world was that going to be a thing i have a ness and lucas amiibo yep i didn't need them Mm -mm. but i needed them you needed them yep um yeah it's just a weird thing like this game was never going to be anything and if it weren't for smash brothers a lot of people still wouldn't know anything about it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think a big part of the fact that people know Earthbound is not only because the fan base is just like ultra devoted mm-hmm. and everything, but I, I think it's, you know, a big part of it is just Ness is that weird kid in Smash Brothers. He has the funny jump. Yep. I don't know who would use him. Ness has got the weird jump. He, That's all know. I use because it was Ness. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got really good with Ness in Smash Brothers, and it's still my primary character I use because it's Ness. Mm-hmm. I could probably could have used somebody quote-unquote better in the right. game. In Melee, yeah, Fox and Marth were top tier. But you bet your <laughs> butt that I totally <laughs> use Ness every time. Yep. Um, so... Uh, like we said, Earthbound is an RPG. Uh, it's it's not really your traditional uh, RPG in the sense of like your char- each one of your characters has their own set um, item slots. You have to trade. You have to clearly go in and trade items between characters. Items are a little clunky. Like I can appreciate it, but I I can understand when people don't like the item yeah. system. But it was. That's I think that kind of attests to like us being it. it our first big major RPG, mm-hmm. like it just seems natural to us. Oh yeah, and th- th- I'm sure that's a big part of it. But I think uh, another, just as a quick side note, uh, just for the humor of the game and talking about the items all at once. Mm-hmm. But you you can go to any item in the game and look at the description. Yep. And there's a weird description. Like, yep. Sometimes it's just as simple as like hamburger, 100 percent beef. Yep. That's it. <laughs> you know, but uh, it tells you how much HP it, it restores. And then yeah, yeah. Things like protractor. Which literally do nothing. <laughs> I think it even says. Yeah. It just says, no, helps you measure things. Yep. Helps you figure out the angles. <laughs> That's right. And they serve no purpose. None. Zero <laughs> purpose. Well, I guess not entirely true. There is a there's a moment about almost halfway through the game uh, where you are in the desert uh, and there's a monkey cave. And the only way to get through the monkey cave is these monkeys want things. <laughs> And you have to sh- you have to game. trade with them. It's, <laughs> I love it, it's but I hate a, it. It's such a roadblock. Like, and every time I play the game and I get to that part, I'm like, ah, oh, crap! I better. And I try to go by memory. I very rarely look at the guide. Uh, and be like, what 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 do they need? Because you have to talk to them. Like, you want to get through this door? I'm gonna need a king banana. Like, where the hell do I get a king banana? <laughs> oh, you get it from this other monkey who wants a, a hot towel. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, in fact, I think if you I think if you take the hot or the 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 hot towel is that what it's, it's like called? The uh, wet cool towel. To- wet towel. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So you, if you take a wet towel and a picnic lunch into that cave, I think you're set. Yeah. Because everything yeah. else, there are there are treasure chests that you can get. Yeah, you trade around from items from yeah. these but stupid it's, it's, monkeys. It's a, on, on top of the fact that it's already a maze and every room looks the same, the monkeys don't have any identifiers on them whatsoever <laughs> except one occasionally has a bow in their hair. Yeah. 
Uh, you just have to talk to him and find out what item it is and hope to God you have it in hand mm-hmm. and you can go through and get to where you need to go. And that's where you start finding some of the things like, ah, I want a protractor. Or I need a ruler. <laughs> I, I, I just want our listeners to, to you know, because I, I think we're glossing over it a little bit. But, but there's a point in this game, Earthbound, where you go into a cave in the desert. Like a like a Midwest desert, not even like yeah. a desert, you know, since some far off land. You go into a cave in the desert. And there's all these monkeys, and they all want things, and you need to like make this weird bartering system with these monkeys <laughs> in order to talk to the wise man at the bottom of this cave to get a yogurt machine <laughs> that makes trout flavored yogurt. Spoilers, Sander. <laughs> Spoilers. Come on, man. It's it's such a wonderfully weird game, and yeah. and I th- and I think you'll you'll of course pick on pick up on that as we go along. Uh, now, I did want to chat about the music of the game. The music could be its own episode entirely. It really could. Uh, so this is by uh, Kaichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Hiptanaka. Yep. Am yep. I just missing out anybody else? Because I know there were a couple other collaborators. Just the two? Uh, it's mostly the two. I, I saw a few websites that reference like a third person, but yeah. honestly, it's mostly Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. Yeah. Hip Tanaka. Hip Tanaka. Hip Tanaka, uh, for those of you uninitiated, uh, also did the music for the original Metroid. Uh, also did the music for Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. A lot of the old, like, uh, in Nintendo music, Balloon Fight. Yep. Um, he was, he's a legendary composer. Oh yeah. And what's super Mario land? Like I literally, it could, he, he could be an entire episode of his own. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's really great. And it's, and it's interesting though, because after earthbound, Hirokazu Tanaka and Ke- Keiichi Suzuki went out on a high note. Like they didn't really do much yeah. of anything else after that. And, uh, and it's interesting cause Keiichi Suzuki really didn't work with video games. Mm-hmm. He just sort of jumped in on this project, uh, mother one and then mother two. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it's it's honestly the like you you can make the claim that Earthbound isn't the best soundtrack on the Super mm. Nintendo. I get that, you know, but I will say it's the most varied. Yes, it's absolutely, absolutely. the most varied. There there is so many different genres of music in this soundtrack, and, and some that are just blatant ripoffs. Which is one of the reasons <laughs> why it took so long, like for it to be brought over on the Virtual Console, is because there were so many. There's like songs that are actual Chuck Berry songs, or songs that are just. There's no denying the reference between uh, the Dungeon Man and the beginning of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club, yep. Club uh-huh. Band. Yeah, uh, that one. And then another one that's pretty uh, big is the song Tequila, which is the song for when you fight a weak enemy in the yep. game. It's it's basically just tequila. Yep. You know. So I mean, it's like I said, we can we'll do try to do multiple episodes on Earthbound and the magic that this game is. Yeah. And play some of the the similarities, or you can even just do a, a quick YouTube search and find it for yourself, but. The music is is all it's completely memorable. It really captures all of the different um, areas that you're in. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is um, I recently I was listening to a, another podcast that just strictly does video game music, and they had a, a, a full two hour episode just focusing on the music of Earthbound. And the interesting thing about the episode, and it kind of drove me a little bit nuts, was the two guys who who review the music are composers. They make their own. They they mm-hmm. work on video game music now. Yeah. Um. But they've never played Earthbound. Huh. And so they literally just sat down and listened to the soundtrack and picked out the songs that like really spoke to them. And obviously they're they're ones that you and I would absolutely say, but they they kept saying there's a lot of filler. Like just a lot of just like weird, quirky kind of stuff that just it didn't really capture their imaginations. And I'm like, that's because you're not you're not playing this game. Right. Like so much of the there's like some really weird stuff like um, when you go to Threed for the first time, so that's another thing is all the levels, all the uh, towns in the game 
are named after a number or some sort of theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first town you're in, this is going to cause a, a fight amongst everybody. I've always called Onet. It's spelled O-N-E-T-T. Uh, yeah, there are some uh, people O-N-E-T. who say won it. There's some people say, what have, what have you always say? Uh, I usually just out of the, the weird habit of viewing them all as numbers, I usually just end up saying one at. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's probably pronounced own at. Yeah. So own at, one at, want. Once, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of different pronunciations. But uh, otherwise. Uh, Chusen, three, four side. Yeah. So on, so forth. And they go in numerical order. You were saying about three. Yes. Uh, three is a very strange. It's a very melt, like creepy kind of town because there's zombies infesting this town when you first go into it. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's all low notes and it's all, it's Dark, it's kind yeah. of dissonant. But, um, and if you're just listening to it's like, oh, this is weird. I don't really want to listen to this because it's not really like, you can't like tap your toes along to it. It's not like. There's not a, a, a solid metal melody throughout the entire thing, but it perfectly captures that. When I think oh, of like yeah. scary towns, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Absolutely. It's it's really, really creepy. You know, and considering the game is so bright through most yeah. of it anyway, you know, there's there's definitely creepy moments, which we won't spoil in this episode, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the game. But but three is like one of the the bigger moments where it's just like, oh, this is weird. I don't like this. Yeah. You know, and I I. Yeah, so it is a shame that they didn't play the game to know the the you know the the like you know the the relevance yeah. you know to that theme. But I, uh, it is interesting you bring up the fact that these guys never played the game. So and the music. So Andy, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a good buddy of mine, I've known him since co-host third grade. Of, uh, video game snobbery. Yeah, a co-host in video game snobbery, which you guys totally don't know. <laughs> and uh, so. Andy, uh, I had given him a copy of the Earthbound soundtrack. I like burned him a CD years and years ago before he had ever played Earthbound. He had like seen me play it, you know, mm-hmm. from time to time, but he didn't really know the game very well. But he really liked the soundtrack, and the soundtrack is massive too. It's huge. It was like I gave him two CDs worth, and even that wasn't yeah. the full soundtrack. It was just most of the soundtrack. Uh, in fact, uh, as an aside, the game is uh, twenty four megs. The the you know the video game itself. So eight of it, including I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, including some sound effects. Um, there are 206 tracks. Yep. Now, of the 24 megs on this game, eight of them are filled up with just music. Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka went crazy. A third of the game. The third of the game's data is just music. Yep. That, I think, says a lot. You know, and uh, but Andy had I. Uh, only ever, you know, listen to the music. And then finally I, I convinced him or or maybe he just kind of, you know, like decided to play. I don't exactly remember. But uh he he got into the game and he ended up going through it. And now it's like one of his favorite video games. And it's weird because his approach to the game was all based on the music. So mm-hmm. like he knows the music maybe more than any other feature. Right. And that's how he kind of like he would go through the game and he would like be in foresight and he'd be like, oh, Oh, I know this. Like th- I'm familiar with this. Yeah. And like, you know, he would get to like the like the final boss battle and he'd be like, "Oh, man, like this the I I know this through the soundtrack, you know." Yeah. So, it's just really interesting, I think, for for somebody who's in the reverse position who only knew the game's music and played through it, you know. Yeah. I I've never really had a, a a situation like that. I there's definitely games I know the music of and not the game itself, you know, just because of friends playing yeah. and stuff. But it's I've never really had that myself. It's certainly not for an RPG, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Test, one of the the loudest members of our Discord, uh-huh. uh, loves Ogre Battle sixty four. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm borrowing his copy of the game now to try to, to give it a shot when I have spare time. But I remember a month or two ago, he uploaded this, the, um, the soundtrack to Google Drive. He's like, I need somebody else to listen to this. Uh-huh. And he kept saying, like, Xander, why aren't you listening to this? Why haven't you downloaded this and listened to it yet? And it's because I don't want to have that situation of, like, writing off the soundtrack because I don't understand the emotional response to mm-hmm. it. And if I don't get into the game, then I'll, I'll give it a listen to see if there's anything that, that sticks out. But for me, so much of a video game soundtrack is tied to the experience you're having into the game. I agree. I, I think the, you know, it's sort of like a movie soundtrack where, you know, if you listen to a movie soundtrack on its own, yeah, there's going to be some tracks that you you enjoy, but by and by, without the emotional impact of it, it doesn't just, mean nearly as much. Yeah, it, it doesn't hold as much weight, you know? Yep. Oh, man, where do we even go next? <laughs> We're already at, at about 40, 42 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> We've barely even touched on it. Yeah, so, uh, there is something I want to bring up to you, because okay. I, you know, I, I definitely want your opinion on the matter. The translation. Are you familiar with the translation of the game and everything? I know that the it's is extremely difficult to translate because so much of it is culturally relevant to Japanese players. There is. And there is a dude who just straight up, ha- it was one guy mm-hmm. who translated the entire game. Marcus Lindblom. Uh, uh, Lindblom. Uh, let me double check the, the name on that. Yeah, so Marcus Lindblom... Uh, was the localizer for the game. And uh, and honestly, you know, I've gone through, uh, uh, there's a, a book by Clyde Mandolin, mm-hmm. who's a, a huge fan of Earthbound. And he specifically analyzed the soundtrack. He's he's somebody who does translation work for uh, like Dragon Ball Z, for mm-hmm. Funimation and stuff, you yeah. know. And so he, he, you know, went through this, this video game and you know nitpicked it like t- every tiny little thing and honestly Marcus Lindblom did an amazing job there are so many RPGs out there especially for that time that got the short end of the stick like even Final Fantasy 7's first translation when they first brought it over to America was garbage you know it's just crappy you know they didn't do a very good job at all mm-hmm. and like Earthbound it just blows my mind that it's just this one guy yeah. did such a good job and I think he had a team to support him I'm sure right. you know but uh, but yeah it's it's crazy that he took this game that you know was Japan's view of like Americana and, w- and you know which obviously isn't actually America mm-hmm. but it's you know a weird amalgam and sort of close right and was able to twist it into being something that's incredibly accessible for America yeah and a lot of the jokes he I you know that didn't translate well because you know a lot of jokes aren't yeah I, I think he did a wonderful job you know he he did great there there's a point in the game where uh you there's a and, and this isn't spoiling too much but minor spoiler alert for the next you know couple minutes. Uh, there's an item in the game that, or a blockade in the game, called, and it's just a big statue of an eraser. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't really necessarily say this is, is much of oh, a spoiler. No, just but. in case. So you get an item called the eraser eraser in yep. America to erase the eraser. Apparently in Japan, uh, it's, it's like a, a weird, creepy, limbless doll mm-hmm. called a kokeshi. Yeah. And the reason they did that in Japan is because the word for erase is keshi. So the item is the kokeshi keshi. Yeah. And so like that, I, I think, you know, him taking that joke and just looking at it and be like, whoa, that ain't going to work. And making it an eraser eraser. Yeah. Which yeah, there's a pen- funny. The pencil eraser and the eraser eraser. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I think it's just a really funny yeah, I, I think he just did a, a great job. Yeah, you know? I, I think he did a great job. And honestly, the book Legends of Localization—it's the second book by Clyde Mandolin, uh, which focuses on Earthbound. 
is, I mean, it's definitely worth looking into for anyone who is a fan of this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. translations and whatnot. You know, it's it's a really cool book and it's super in depth. It's a giant, thick, hardcover book. Yeah, the the humor in this game is is so good, and you have to really appreciate. Uh, what was his name? Mark Lindblom? Mar- uh, Marcus Lindblom. Marcus yeah. Lindblom for, for taking the time to make a lot of these jokes. Um, some things are just, I mean, so much of my sense of humor was, was shaped by this game. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so there's, there in, in the towns that you go through, there are doors that you can go through and talk to people on the inside. And there are other ones where you just, you just hear a quick knock and then they respond through the, respond through the door. Uh, one of my favorites is in the first town, you knock on the door and then some guy goes, pop quiz, a Beatles song, XXX today. And you hear your option is yes or no. <laughs> Can you fill in the blanks? Yes. And so if you say no, it's like, no, that's not right. No today. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, if you say yes, obviously it fills in yesterday. You're like, oh, yeah, good job. You got that right. <laughs> yep. And there's the, the stupidest things in the game. Like, I can't even think of more examples off the top of my head without going into literally all the all the great jokes. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where in the first town you have to fight the police. And you're fighting through. And then the fourth guy comes up and is like, dude, I saw what you did to these other guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> he runs away. <laughs> oh, or the, so or the police chief is like, uh, at times like this, kids like you should be at home playing Nintendo. Like, there's so much fourth wall breaking. It's, yeah. It's just, it's so, so good and so much fun. Uh, and then there's really weird stuff. Like there's a house in the first town that's for sale off on the, on its own. <laughs> and you, and the son is, Oh, this is absolute luxury. You need to, to, to buy this house and you just, you'll be sitting on top of the world and you finally save up the money. And well, for most people, it's like way later on in the game, you for finally most, have yeah. enough cash and you go back and you buy this thing. Oh, there's going to be all sorts of cool stuff. You walk in the entire back wall of the house is torn apart <laughs> There's like a, a shoddy looking couch and a dresser and you open the dresser and there's a notebook about some guy. And I, what's the, the full story is like, he's like, I was, I was driving down the hospital and, and I got pulled over and I told, I pointed to my wife in the backseat and she's having a demon baby or like, you can't take it. Like, it's just so off the wall, random and weird. It's so bizarre. Uh, is a, is a funny side note. A lot of people thought that that was like a short story. Itoi wrote mm-hmm. just for the game. Just weird, random. <laughs> it's just some weird, bizarre story. He came up about a guy who's trying to avoid a speeding ticket. Yep. That's it. That's what's in this book. That's this weird, like, weird Easter egg in this yep. game. That's that. That's what you just paid, like, $70,000 in in-game <laughs> currency for. Oh, it's not too expensive. Isn't it, like, 7500 or something? Maybe. I don't. It's, it's, but it's still a lot in the yeah. game, you know, especially early on. You're, yeah. you're probably not going to have that kind of money until quite a bit later in the game. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what else to because the the thing oh. is with this being part one the the hope is that we can inspire some people to go out and play this wonderful game so that when we do part two three four five ninety three <laughs> uh you know like we can get into more in depth yeah. stuff because this game is just so important to us it's it's great I as a, a another thing to note with the humor yeah. of the game I uh, uh, are you familiar with the anti piracy in Earthbound Xander uh, I've heard of it but I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head so. Apparently, the anti-piracy for this game is super heinous. It's probably the most heinous anti-piracy thing I've ever heard of. Okay. So if you tried to bootleg this game, they would increase the enemy count. You know, so so like it's quite a bit tougher. There's a lot more enemies to fight. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that apparently when you're at the end of the game, the game freezes on the final boss. You reset it and the game deletes itself. The record deletes itself. So you get to the very end of the game with this bootleg version that's way tougher. 
and then it just deletes itself. <laughs> That's the most rotten thing I've ever heard, and I thought that was hilarious. Wow. Um, let's see. What else can we go on? I mean, I don't want to go th- all the way through the storyline. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to save that on that. You know, some quirky things about it, like we said, is is you're you know you're going through a a pseudo present day kind of America. Mm-hmm. Um, you get bicycles. You oh get, yeah. Uh, you there's a pizza place you can call. You get a phone or like there's you phone your mother to save the game. You phone or sorry, you phone your father to save the yep. game. You get one of your status effects is homesickness. Mm-hmm. We're literally just one in the middle of a battle. It's like Ness thought faintly of his mother and now doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> yep. Like you have to go to you have to go to a payphone or go to a hotel and use an actual phone and call your mom. She's like, oh, you sound you sound depressed. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about what's going on at home, and then you're, you're cured of homesickness. Yep. Um, you call your dad to save your game. You call your sister who runs a, a business. She got a part-time job at a thing called Escargo Express, which will send out a delivery person to come and take three items from you or give you three items that you had in storage. Yep. Um, there's a pizza place you can call. Mock Pizza, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, mock Pizza. So no matter where you're at in the game, if you need health, you, you make the phone call and then a, some in-game time passes and then wherever you're at they come and, and find you except for like two places they don't deliver to because like we have no idea where that is sorry dude we're canceling your order <laughs> yeah there, there's a few par- parts of the game that if you're like if you go indoors you know if you're not outside ready for the pizza yeah. they'll like call you and they're just like hey uh we couldn't find you so yeah no we the pizza's gone yep and it, it really serves no purpose like you don't need to have the pizza <laughs> like you can just use your your psychic spells but dude it's so pizza cool. yeah <laughs> I could go for a pizza <laughs> right now. That's a <laughs> Can we order in? I wouldn't mind. But uh yeah, it's uh the the yeah, the, the game is is so wonderfully weird and, and and I get that we're we're kind of being cryptic and like sort of dodging around the game itself because we're not really revealing too much. Mm. You know, but I really I really want the people out there who plan on playing it. To get out there and give the game a shot, go through it, you know, because if you can get through the game and you enjoy it as much as we did, you know, that's great. You know, that'll make the next Earthbound episode that much more enjoyable. Absolutely. For you. Because otherwise it won't be as enjoyable because you'll have no clue what we're babbling about. Yeah. Or we'll be spoiling it for you one mm-hmm. or the other, you know, so. So, so. We, we took a we took a quick uh, questionnaire out on, on Facebook to ask and most of you are like, yeah, just go ahead and spoil it, whatever. But I really feel like we will be doing a disservice for some people who really want to play this game. And, oh, absolutely. And we can't, can't recommend this game enough. We cannot recommend this game enough. We throw that around a lot, but literally this game, I can't tell you enough times to play this game. It honestly, it's, you know, it's 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 funny because I, I think, you know, when somebody asks me like, you know, hey, what video game should I be playing? You know, and I'll tell them, you know, Super Mario World, Link to the Past, uh, you know, all these different games that are that are big, you know, the Super Mario 64 or whatever, you know, all the all these different games that, that are real big. None of them mean as much to me as Earthbound does. It's mm-hmm. it's it, the game itself just means so much. And I, I think that it's. It's, you know, even as a series, you know, even if you look at it as Mother 1, 2, and 3, you know, uh, it's just incredibly important to my life. You know, I know to your life as well, mm-hmm. Xander, you know, it's 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 really shaped a big part of who we are. You know, it's, I mean. And it's not just, it's, it's this is not an isolated incident. I mean, you have Starman.net, one of the greatest Earthbound fan sites yep. in the world. Oh, it's yeah. It's just a hub for people to, at this, there's no news on this series anymore. They're not, not really. doing anything else with it. We had Mother, uh, Mother, Mother 2, and Mother 3. Mother 3 was in 2005, right? 2005, uh, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was 2006. 
Um, sometime around that. So, yeah. so quite a while ago now. Which never came to the U.S. Mm-mm. And this this rabid fan base did what they used to call MP Siege, where they would just send in uh-huh. letters and artwork to Nintendo Power, and Nintendo would always get all this. They'd publish everything, and they'd be like, these Earthbound fans, they're wacky. Oh yeah, never we, give us anything. We got kind of made fun of. Yeah, you know the like. There was so many times when we would like try to reach out to to Nintendo or whatever petitions. Yeah, and and tens of thousands of signatures. Oh God, it was crazy. You know, and I and it was frustrating for such a long time because you know Nintendo just blew us off, kind of. You know, more or less. Yeah, you know. And so I I really want to do a shout out to the Starman.net community. Yes. You know, people like Clyde Mandolin who are really keeping the dream alive. Yeah. You know, I. I think that it's it's really I think one of the most the one of the most impressing impressive things about Earthbound is just that it inspired so many different people. Heck, there there are people that met through that Earthbound community and yep. like got married and yep. stuff. You know, it's it's crazy. You know, it's crazy that just a video game, quote unquote, yeah. did this for so many people and meant so much to so many people. You know, so it's it's nice that it popped up on like the downloadable services for Nintendo. Yeah, you know, I mean that feels nice. You know, but I mean it, it's it's sort of sad that. This game series is just done. There'll never yep. be another game, you know, another mother game. Yeah, uh, and that 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 whole fan base literally translated Mother Three for America. Yeah. It's available on that website, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, I I think it is. I think you can get it through that website or and they've or said, and one they've said like you know, and it's and it's not even like you would think a, a community like that might even just say like ah oh, we're gonna throw in jokes from Starman.net because it's us and we're translating it. No, they do a, a, an actual really good translation job, and they've, they've told Nintendo, like, hey, we're going to make this available. It's for free. We're not charging anybody for this. If you guys ever say that you're bringing it to America, we'll take ours down. Yep. It'll no longer be made available. Uh-huh. And, like, that's so admirable. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy, you know, because, I mean, I, I think, you know, for a lot of people... You know, it, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would look at something like that and be like, oh, this is a gold mine. You know, we, you know, they can't get the game anywhere else, but yeah, we they can charge their, They printed their own uh, strategy guide. I have mine. Yeah. I have mine as well. It's great. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the player's guide for Earthbound. Yeah, yeah. that's great. There's tons of just like advertisements for stuff in game. Like they, you found out how much stuff costs in a town by the like the local ad. There was a newspaper for every town. Like in so the player's much guide. Care, yeah, so much care was put into the to the, the this game that it's mm-hmm. just it's it's almost sad to know that it didn't take off as well as it could have. Yeah, but at the same time, like I think that's part of the charm of the game, and that's and I've gotten a large text conversation a while ago uh, about how like this game means so much to me but I wouldn't necessarily want to see them make another one because I feel like that world is just perfectly encapsulated there weren't there aren't any loose ends mm-hmm. as much as I'd love to see that again I I don't know that they would be able to match that and if they kept making more and more of them it would lose its touch uh, you're probably right I, I think there is a part of me that definitely would love to see another mother game but I think you're right I think that if they kept pumping them out you know, I mean, heck, even Mother 3. I, I liked Mother 2 more than Mother 3. There were things in Mother 3 that I, you know, think like, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why didn't they bring this back? Or, oh, they, they did this, which is weird. I don't like that. You know, so, so yeah, I think you're right. I think the more they would pump out, the more I would get frustrated and think like, oh, this isn't the what it should be. There was a time where we wanted a prequel trilogy to Star Wars. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> the touche. <laughs> touche. So, yeah, I think the um, I would I would love to see them do more with the IP, like, uh, bring the characters over to do something or just, you know, mm-hmm. keep making references to it. Bring Mother 3 over eventually. Oh, that would be great. Like, but I don't I don't need 
especially as Shigesato Itoi gets older, if he were to, if he were to, like, it's not going to happen. When he passes away, I wouldn't want anybody else's control over it. I wouldn't no. want, like, it's just, it's it's untouchable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I, th- I, I, you know, if they do something with it, I hope it's something like, you know, uh, you know, a, a HD remix or something, you know, something where it's just, hey, yeah. this is the game, but it's we've updated the the graphics. It's all yep. 3D world or something, you know, something to that effect where, where it's still the same game. They mm-hmm. still do all the same stuff. It's just being brought to a new generation or something. You know, I, I can I could appreciate something like that, I think. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think if, you know, somebody else takes over down the road and they're like, yeah, mother four, mother five, mother six. Well, okay, yeah, yeah sure, I'll, I'll play them, but if they're not doing I, them right, yeah, unless a, a toy is is heavily involved, I I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. be as interested in it. Um, and we're now almost at the hour mark, and I think we've touched on about one percent of this game, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so I'll, we'll we'll wrap up this this uh, this quick little insight on on Earthbound by saying this is an incredibly charming, um, I would even say modest game. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. try too hard to go, you know, too crazy. The graphics are very simple. Yeah. There's nothing like aside from the side the soundtrack aside, there's nothing that really sticks out and makes this game, you know, something that's going to be, you know, top of the list on anything. It tries very hard to be average and excels. Yeah, I, I kind of see that. I, and, I, you know, I think there are certain aspects like maybe the humor puts yeah, it a step sure. above, you know. But, but yeah, I think when it comes to the gameplay itself and the graphics, you know, yeah, it's it's not winning any awards for its graphics. Yeah. You know, it's, they hold up. You, you know, heard, they're quite timeless. I think. Yeah, and you heard us talk in the RP the top one hundred RPG episode, like it got rated at number nineteen or something like that, and like that's fair. Like it's, I can kind of see that it's by no means the best game in the world, but it is the best game in our hearts. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that needs to be experienced. Mm-hmm. If you haven't played it, play it. Find a way to get a, get get into it. It's I mean aside aside from the entry fees of paying for a Wii U or a uh, new 3ds or a new 3ds, you know ten bucks is not much to ask to 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 play this gem. Yeah. Oh yeah, not at all. I especially considering the fact that on eBay it was going for like hundreds of thousands of dollars right. for a bit there. Yeah, and even if you have to find another you know <laughs> illicit way of playing this game give it a shot like if you if you have a way to 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 play this game in any form of course we would recommend and ask that you would you'd pay for it sure but if that's not a you know if that's not a way for you to experience this it truly is something that needs to be played and experienced to fully understand mm-hmm. what is so great about this game and keep in mind it is a product of its time it's not going to hold up against like the witcher 3 it's not going to hold up against some of the games that are coming out nowadays but to know the the cultural significance, if you will, of this game um, <laughs> and how much cultural. it means to so many people. Uh, I mean, like we said, the people at Starman.net, Reed Young, Tomato, Plo, all the other uh, content creators who literally just go there to say, hey, I drew a new picture of Earthbound this week, and they're thrilled to share it like, yeah. with the world. That means so much to not only the people who make the, that game, but I can't even, I would love to sit down with Shigeru Sato Itoi and be like, dude, what is your reaction to the fan base? Oh, he's I mean, he's seen some of it. You know, he he he's delighted, uh, you know, by by a good chunk of it, because I mean, for a long time, he didn't know that mm-hmm. any of it existed. And then eventually, however many years ago now, you know, someone was like, hey, did you know, like how crazy this is in America? And he had no clue. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I'm sure it blew him away. You know, I, I don't doubt that he had to be happy. 
Because how could you not be happy being bushwhacked with yeah. with with the love and admiration you didn't know existed? Mm-hmm. It's something it's, that started yeah. out as just a silly idea mm-hmm. turned into something that literally brought people together in marriage. Yeah, yeah. like it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, it is. It's it's really really. It blows my mind how wonderful this game is and how how it's brought so many people together. And, you know, it's just so we can't recommend it enough. We literally wouldn't be recording this episode if it weren't for Earthbound. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I can't think of a better commercial for this game. Mm-hmm. Unless you hate our show, in which case, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. So we'll uh, we'll stop talking about Earthbound for just a minute to talk about our retro relapse for this week. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Holy crap, it's Earthbound. <laughs> We're going to talk about Earthbound some more. Earthbound except, Beginnings. Yes, Earthbound Beginnings, also known as Earthbound Zero, also known as Mother. Yep, the very first Mother. Um, so, in all honesty, we didn't sit down and play this before uh, coming on the show, uh, but we have played it enough. Uh, oh, now, yeah. I've never finished the original mother really the yeah. very first mother uh, yep. i always got a good chunk of the way through um and then something always distracted me even when we had our we had a contest between you me and sean uh-huh. as soon as i found out that you two beat it, i was like i'm not gonna win that thing <laughs> and i just i just got distracted by other things i love i love the soundtrack to it again that's another game that has like an impressive soundtrack for being oh, yeah. on the nes oh yeah it's great um i mean it's 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 basically earthbound light like if you've never if you've played the Earthbound and you go back to play this, you're going to notice a lot of parallels. A lot mm-hmm. of the things are are very similar. The music is very similar. Same composers. Yep. In fact, a lot of the songs are pretty much just popped right over. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's a basically like a, you know, story wise, it's like a prequel to Earthbound. But really, Earthbound is just sort of a retelling. Yes. Of the first Mother game, you know, it's it's not necessarily, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's it's basically an HD remake, which is kind of what we want. Oh yeah, go figure. That is pretty much what we got with Earthbound. Yeah, I mean, the, the characters are a little bit different. There are different scenarios yeah. that go through. Um, all in all, it's 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 very much like the original Earth. Earth I say the original Earthbound. Uh, it's very much like Mother Two, mm-hmm. um, just on on the NES. And yeah. what's crazy is that the game was, like we said before, pretty much done. Oh yeah, I, and then Nintendo's yeah. like, nah, bro, whatever. And the only reason, like the the test cart got around, and someone took it and put it on, uh, you know, spread the file, and so everybody played it through an emulator. Yep. And then back in what was it, two thousand? It was like two thousand twelve, wasn't it? It wasn't that long ago, two thousand thirteen. Oh, when they released Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very long ago. I don't remember the exact year. We can probably look that. It was up, an E three. I think it was either two thousand thirteen or no. It was. It would have been, I think, two thousand fourteen. Maybe even as late as fifteen. I will say that was a. Pr- I was pretty emotional. Yeah. When uh they they unveiled they were talking, that. Yeah, I remember they were talking to a toy on on an E three thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Mother is available, right? It'll be available later today. Yep. And in we're fact, like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> yeah, we crapped our pants. I, yeah, no, that was such an amazing, like, and granted, we'd played this game before. It oh, wasn't, sure. It wasn't anything like, oh, my God, we finally get to play it. But it was like, this, it, it's, it's, I, can, I can give you money for this finally? Like, it's official. I can own this. I can have this. And you're bringing it to America? And it, I think what was really great, like, in my eyes was just the fact that it was a, 
it was another Earthbound game, essentially, mm-hmm. that we could be brought to more people. Yeah. You know, I, I in fact, uh, I remember they showed the crowd when they first unveiled that uh, information. And there's some people that are like kind of getting teary eyed over it. You know, it's it was really and rightfully so. Yeah, it was it was a pretty emotional moment for for, you know, the Earthbound community that Nintendo was kind of finally acknowledging you know, that, hey, here's Earthbound. Like, we heard you. We know that you're into this game. You know, it's not Mother 3. It's not a sequel to Earthbound, quote unquote, you know, but we'll, here you go. Yeah. You know, and so 2015. I, 2015. OK. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. And it was really out of left field. Yeah. You know, it was just no one like, saw it coming. No, there were no hints. There was no like NeoGAF spoilers of like, oh, this is coming. You know, it's, a, you know, it just was all of a sudden here it is. Yep. Earthbound beginnings. Here you go. It was yeah, it was great. Uh, I have beaten the game. Now I uh, I I will say that uh, much like you, where you know it's like you go through it and then you only get to a certain point and then it's like you kind of get lost in other things. That was what I would always do in Earthbound Beginnings. And it wasn't until we had our contest between you, me, and Sean, and I was just like, you know what? No, I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna absolutely win this. And so I plowed through the game over the span of like a weekend. And it was mm-hmm. funny because I remembered I think it was Sean is the first one I talked to about. It. I was like, Sean, I was like, how far are you in Earthbound Beginnings? He was like, well, in this case it was Earthbound Zero. And he was like, Oh, I don't know. I you know, I, I kind of started it. And I was like, Yeah, I beat it. I was like, <laughs> I win. I was like, How do you feel about that? Not good, I hope. Yeah, I remember I I always get caught in the grinding. Like there's a fair amount of grinding. Earthbound has a little bit, but not nearly as yeah. much as Earthbound Zero or Earthbound Beginnings. Yeah. I think the farthest I made it was Snowman. Okay, you got pretty far. Though. Yeah. I got a good chunk of the way through, and now I'll never finish because I sold my Wii U, but Aww. I'll go back and I'll I'll get on a on an emulator or something and, and play it as it was intended to be. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it uh it, it's 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 a really charming game. I honestly I, I wouldn't recommend it before playing Earthbound. No, not at all. Yeah, I, I think Earthbound... Don't let that be your introduction to the series. Yeah, it's... I mean, don't be wrong. I, if you do start with it, I don't think it's the end of the world. No, not at all. You know, but it, it's not like you're going to spoil Earthbound for you, but it's it's more something, I think, that you play to appreciate knowing Earthbound. It's, it's a better version of Star Trek. Like, don't ever... If you've never seen the Star Trek movies, do not, absolutely do not start with Star Trek the motion picture. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Start with Wrath of Khan. It's number two, the best Star Trek movie. Like, just jump into that, then go back, and then you can appreciate it. It'll maybe drive you to want to go go through it. It might not be something you'll go back and play over and over again, like you will Earthbound or you know Mother Two or Wrath of Khan or Wrath of Khan. You're not gonna watch. Yeah, you're just. The first time I I remember I was going to start watching those movies. Of uh, my a coworker of mine was like, you need. You've never watched Star Trek in your life. You need to watch these movies. Do me a mm-hmm. favor and do this and like watch these movies. I was like, okay, cool. And I remember I went up and I rented the first two movies and I was like, hey man, I just rented these first two. I'm going to give them a shot. He goes, no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I was like, what are, am I not going to, aren't I going to be lost if I don't watch the first one? He goes, no, you will not watch the rest of them if you watch the first one. And so I did. I watched like two through six and I went back and watched the first one. I fell asleep twice. Wow. And I don't care. <laughs> Because that movie is so boring. <laughs> I get that. I get that. For its time, it was it was an incredible movie, and like it was so cool to see the Enterprise on the big screen. But it does not translate to 2015 when I watched it for the first time. <laughs> I I appreciate that. It's not that you just that you fell asleep during the movie. You fell asleep twice, and I don't fall asleep during movies. 
unless I'm like horribly sick, I don't like, or if I've not gotten enough sleep, mm-hmm. like I, I, I fell asleep for the first time in a movie theater watching 300 on IMAX for like my third time <laughs> because I'd stayed up all night and I've, anyway, it's not all, if I, I always want to finish the story and if I'm really going to fall asleep, I'll pause it and I'll finish it another time. This is when I was like, I fell asleep twice and I woke up and I was like, oh, am I at the end of the movie? What I meant? I don't care. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that was that's. I mean, that's the best way I can kind of describe it. Is no, I I think that's a good way of putting it. Earthbound is is great. It's the the tip top of the series for me. Mm-hmm, same here. And then you can go either way on the other two. I mean, more realistically, Mother Three is is a a full new adventure. Everything there's nothing repeated about the other ones in that. Yeah. So you can say that that's the better game over Earthbound 0 or, or I always I will always call it Earthbound 0. I can't. It's, <laughs> it's Earthbound it's 0 in my heart. Yeah. Um but Earthbound 0 is good. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. definitely worth checking out but you won't have as much of an appreciation for the series if you play that one first. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. you're Japanese and did it back in 1987 mm-hmm. or 89 or whatever it was. Uh, 89. Yeah, 89 I think. So uh, on the 8-bit scale for Earthbound Zero, Mother. I give it a 7 out of 8. I would absolutely give it a 7 out of 8. I think 7 out of 8. It's, it's certainly not the, the greatest RPG it's, out there. Yeah. But I think for old Nintendo games, it's it's pretty revolutionary. I you know, it's it's much like Earthbound, it's kind of charming. There's there's not as much humor in it, but yeah. you know, it's, it's certainly a little like, you know, charming little game. It's a slice of Americana, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I I think that, you know. Honestly, if if it wasn't for Earthbound, I might tone it down to like a six and a half, yeah. you know, out of eight. But but I, I think a, a solid seven out of eight, maybe even pushing the into the seven point five yeah. zone is is pretty good. The one thing that really brings the game down is how slow it is. It's a pretty slow paced game by not only standards. not only the grinding, but also just like going through different menus and stuff like that takes a really long time to go to get. Things done. There was a run uh, feature added to the uh, Earthbound Zero American yep. version. I wasn't even in the original Japanese Mother One. Yeah, so uh, just know it is a it is a rougher version of the orig- of of Earthbound mm-hmm. uh, Mother Two. Yep, uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, it's it's pretty definitely fun. worth yeah. checking out. Absolutely. Uh, so that leads us into our more normal. Uh, part of the podcast where we're not going to gush on and on about one particular thing uh we're at our rpg protagonist battle oh yeah and we have something interesting that we need to to discuss rex versus shepherd which is still tied Ooh, even to this moment at this moment it is still tied well uh i i told xander that the 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 hosts of legend of retro should be the ones to break the tie i would say so i think we can both agree that rex wins rex wins yep (laughs) So good job, Rex. Good job, Rex. You get to move on. You sure do. I will update that in my document here. And then we've also had Ronfar versus Aurin, which at the time of this recording has not been posted. Yep. Which leads us into our final RPG protagonist battle before we reset the bracket and go into round two. Oh, yeah. I believe it's our final. Yeah, yeah. I have one character left. Yep. That, I've got uh, one character left as well. So um, this, because we know who each other has, I'm just going to let you know I've lost this round. <laughs> who do you um, have? I have a character from a game that only like three people of MCG have played, and I think I'm the only one who ever finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and just, just tell us about your character before I blow everybody's mind with my pick. 
So Chops, and by extension me, have chosen Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, you know, I think it almost goes without saying. Cloud is uh, an immensely popular RPG character. He sort of became the the mainstay for what main characters would be into the like late '90s and early you know thousands. Uh, you know, Cloud's kind of a jerk. He's rough around the edges. You know, he eventually kind of warms up to his team and everything by the end of the game. But, you know, for a good chunk of the game, Cloud's just a real big jerk, you know. And so, like, everyone loved him. He's blonde, spiky hair. He's got, like, a cool shoulder pad. His sword is huge. Mm-hmm. He he just sort of became this icon for what a main character needs to strive to be in an RPG. And honestly... I myself am kind of not a huge fan of Cloud because of that, because of the fact that like he he sort of set a standard where, you know, everyone needed to compete with him being a jerk. You know, all main characters became jerks for a really long time in RPGs. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he is super popular. That can't be denied. Final Fantasy VII did wonders for the RPG world, so to speak, yeah. in America. You and know? gaming in general. Yeah, you know. So I, 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 I mean, you're probably right. I think Cloud's probably going to win. But mm-hmm. uh, who do who do you throw out there, Xander? So my character to go up against uh, Cloud, and this can't personify this contest more than any other setup uh-huh. of Chops picking the poster boy character <laughs> and me like literally picking my favorite character just because I thought that's what I had said. It was like, just pick your favorite. I didn't realize how shallow Chops is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chops, we love and miss you, but not Steven. Um, my character is Smiling Jack from Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Oh, yeah. yeah we talked about this on the, the Top 100 RPG episode. Um, Smiling Jack is a bruja who are known as the big dumb fighters of the Vampire the Masquerade world. Yep. Uh, who finds you. Like, so the beginning of the game starts out, and um, there are, uh, in the in the world of Vampire the Masquerade, there are vampires who are known as caitiff, who are discarded by the person who embraces them, who turns them into a vampire, um, and basically kind of leave them behind, and they're kind of shunned. They're, they're thrown behind, whatever. Some of them are even executed, depending on the city and setting. Yep, and if you don't have... and depending, Yeah, depending on the city and setting and everything, if you are embraced, um, you are executed. If it, it's a, if the Camarilla, which is like the, the government of vampires, basically, mm-hmm. uh, didn't sanction it, if they weren't cool with it, you get killed. So you wake up, you, you start the game... You whatever your whatever choice you've made for your gender of your character, the opposite is there. You it's implied that you were having an intimate relationship, and uh, so vampire busts through the door and throws a stake through both of your hearts, <laughs> and your um, your sire is killed, executed for for doing what they weren't supposed to. Um, luckily for for you in this setting, you do get to become whatever vampire they were. Uh, but smiling Jack is the first guy who's like. Hey, man, that was pretty messed up what happened. Uh, listen, you got all sorts of crazy powers now. Welcome to the world of vampires. And he kind of shows you the ropes of what you need to do and leads you through, uh, walks you through this entire game, and you check in with him every once in a while. You find out he's not necessarily Camarilla. He's just he's part of the Anarch group, which is so there's uh, there are the good guys in the Camarilla, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, or, good is definitely quote unquote yeah. on that. So there's uh, the Camarilla. There are Anarchs who are just kind of not one way or the other. And then there are the Sabbat, which are the bad guys who are like, oh, we, we've got these vampiric powers. We should use them for whatever the hell we want. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera is like, we need to be smart about this because otherwise we're just going to be hunted. And then the Anarchs are like, we don't care either way. We're not swearing allegiance. That's a better way to say it instead of good guys versus bad guys. Um, 
And so Smiley Jack's just with you check in with him periodically. He's he's one of the Anarchs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole game is, um, and this is just going to go directly into spoiler territory. He's always because this game is so glitched to hell, you can't even really play it that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's still absolutely one hundred percent worth playing. But one of the things that cemented Smiling Jack as one of my favorite characters of all times, and spoiler alerts, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you don't want to hear this, just skip the rest of the episode because we're literally just going to sign off after this. You um, don't know that. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to find this very powerful vampire. There's a there's a coffin that's locked up, and everybody's fighting for it, and they're going to uh, unveil this the thing, and everybody's going to get all this crazy power, and you're either going to help the Sabat, the Anarchs, or, or the Camarilla. Mm-hmm. And in most of the endings, you find you you fight the main bad guy and you open the uh, the the coffin and inside is just a ton of dynamite and a note from Jack that says "boom," <laughs> and it cuts to the side and then smiling Jack is just sitting on like the, it's like the Hollywood Hills right by the Hollywood sign and he's sitting on a on a lawn chair with this corpse next to him and like eh. This is great. <laughs> like, took it for himself. He didn't even care. <laughs> like he's so such a, a cool ending. Um, but I just love that character. Just he's he's always there. He's keeping an eye out for number one, trying to help other people as well. But in the end, he's like, ah, these guys are all crazy. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> he's just it's he's such a cool character. Smiling um, Jack. Smiling Jack. Yep. So. Go ahead and vote for Cloud because that's what everybody knows. But just give a little bit of respect for Smiling Jack for being an awesome character. Oh yeah, give give some respect. I mean, you know, a little bit of respect should be given. Yep. So that wraps up round one of the RPG protagonist battle. Uh, next episode, where it's a normal episode and not like a weird. Uh, we're talking about villains, you know, whatever comes up. Uh, we will start round two. I will uh, try to make it a little even or more even for it, so that we don't have any of these Smiling Jack versus Cloud situations. <laughs> Make it a little more interesting for round two, and we'll go through that. And then uh, once this whole bracket's wrapped up, I don't have to figure out a prize for the winner, I guess. Or just, I don't know, maybe we'll just say, good job, Cloud, you win. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it and out. And then we'll, we'll take we'll, we'll jump to Facebook and see what our next one should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for the RPG protagonist battle, retro relapse, and part one of our multi-series Earthbound episodes. Oh, we'll be back uh, with it. Please jump on the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash Legend of Retro, maybe, or just search, search Legend, Legend of Retro. Retro and you'll bring it's it up. It's a closed group. We'll let you in. We just got to keep the spam out. Let us know what you thought of the episode. If there's something you feel like we missed out on or we need to touch on the next episode for sure, um, or if you've never played Earthbound and now you're you're playing it because of this episode, let us know. Oh, absolutely. Um, let us know. I want to know if someone's been inspired to play Earthbound. Absolutely. We apologize for this being a much longer episode, but once you play the game, you'll understand, we hope. <laughs> Uh, that we literally could have gone for more hours. On, oh, so uh, many on more. This, so um, that's going to do it for this le- episode of The Legend of Retro, and we will see you next time when the legend continues. <laughs>
Thank <laughs> you.